Gerald Marmon is our victim. <laughs> no, is our interesting artist that we're going to get to know today and find out all about him and his backstory and the music and everything. Gerald, hello, how are you doing? Good day. I hope you all. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for the program. Okay, Gerald, tell us about yourself. If you had to introduce us to the wonder of Gerald Marmon, as in personality, what do you do for a living, all that kind of stuff? Well, uh, so yeah, Gerald Marmon is a, uh, well, I want to say a young man. I guess not so young anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm originally from a place called Glenflay, Easter Field. Uh, on the Cape Flats, um, but from the Eagles River, East River area, I serve the Lord, so I'm a born-again Christian. I have quite a few hats that I wear, so motivational speaker, preacher, um, you know, songwriter. I wrote a book last year that was published last year, and I'm a medical researcher. So I currently work for Stellenbosch University at the medical school where I'm a lecturer. Wow, that is versatile. Oh, my word. What was the book about? The, the name of the book is Born for Greatness, uh, and it is about my life. So I basically tell my life story. And the idea is that I use my life story as a motivation for, you know, for people who go through difficult circumstances, especially those, those young people that come from um, a disadvantaged background, just to show them that it is possible for you to become the best that you can be uh, and that you are born for greatness irrespective of your, of your circumstances or your past or where you come from. Okay, well, then I have to hear that story. Give me your life story. Give me your testimony. Then I can be inspired too. Uh, yeah, so, so like I said, I grew up in the Cape Flats. Um, to, to, you know, just to cut the story a bit short, I was born in and raised in a house where my father was a pastor of a local church in Eastern Field. Um, I've got an older brother and a younger sister, and we've always been this, uh, you know, this model church family, pastoral family that goes to church and do things together as a family. Um, and then, you know, things took a turn for the worst for us as a family when my baby, my sister fell pregnant at the age of 14. Um, and my brother decided to join the 26 gangs mm. um, and he became addicted to. Um, so you can obviously think that that was a difficult home for me to grow up in. We were poor. We lost most of our, you know, uh, wealth, just to say it in that way. Um, and, and I had to grow up in the middle of that with a desire of becoming a doctor one day. Um, and by the grace of God, yeah, I graduated with my doctorate degree at UCT's medical school in 2014. And today I'm Dr. Gerald Marman. Mm. So what was the, your path with the Lord now? Because obviously having grown up in a house where you've got the whole truth, you see it lived out before you, and then you see everything go south. What did that do to your relationship with Jesus? Uh, to be very, to be very honest with you, I initially I questioned my faith um, because I used to read the Bible, and the Bible would talk about this wonder-working God and this miracle-working Jesus. Um, and I I gave my heart to the Lord at the age of ten years old, and then all these things happened in our house, and I began to question God, and and I and and then one day. Um, I was on my home from school, on my way to to home. And then one day I just realized, you know, I have a choice. What will I do with my life? Um, And and in that moment, it was almost as if God was saying to me, Gerald, I'm giving you the grace 
um, and you need to decide what you're going to do with your life. So I questioned my faith, but then it brought me closer to Jesus because I realized that, you know, he was actually there all the time. And why the medicine? Why does that fascinate you so much? It, it, it fascinates me. I think it started at a young age for me when I, you know, when you used to go, to, you, all of us go to the doctor sometime in our lives, whether you have a flu or whatever. And it always fascinated me when I went to the doctor and, you know, he puts this little thing on your chest and listens to it. And, and it always fascinated me. What does this guy listen to? <laughs> um, and how medication to give so it's always been fascinating to me how the body works and to try and understand why people get diseases. Why do we die of heart disease? Why isn't there something that we can do about it? And that's where it started for me many years ago. Um, and today I'm, you know, I'm a cardiovascular physiologist. So I do um, cardiopulmonary research. I research the lung and the heart, trying to understand why patients die and to try and develop new medications for these patients so that we can better treat them. So that started for me, for me for, from a very young age. So, Gerald, I'm fascinated that there can be scientists, um, when you talk about in, in the medical science, you can have people who see what you see, the miracle of the body, how intricately it's woven together, um, just how genius it works every little tiny thing to the biggest thing in your body and how one person can look at this and be fascinated with the god behind it and someone else can look at that same thing see the same things you do and just see the science and end there um have you seen that do you do you have conversations with people who who've got the same access to the amount of wow that you do and still miss the god behind it Definitely, definitely. And I think it really starts uh, during our training, especially if you train as a medical scientist, because um, you, then you come, in, come into contact with um, concepts like evolution, and how human beings were created and uh, how we evolved over the years. And, and when you look at the science, I, I, I completely understand why for some people it can be a bit confusing and make them even lose God in the process. Uh, because because then they think that, you know, God didn't create us and all those other kinds of things. For me, um, you know, for example, something like evolution, when I studied it as part of my first and second year, for me, it was just a module. For me, it just taught me some of the principles of science, but it, it for me, doesn't say anything about my God, because when it comes to God and who God is, that is all based on faith. And I think some people miss it, miss it because as scientists, as medical doctors, we want to believe facts. We want facts. We want to see something before we believe it. But with God, it is actually the opposite way because in, in spite of the fact that they might not be physical evidence, you still have to believe. And, and that is what some people miss, I think. Mm. You had an opportunity to see God raise you up in spite of so many challenges. Um, financial challenges, the challenges of, of the area around you where people actually decide beforehand that nobody's going to get anywhere. You're never going to be successful if this is where you come from. So, so much was stacked against you. How did you see God's hand through all of that? How did he, you know, um, raise you up when other people decide to stay there where, where they are? Or, 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 you know, it's like they don't have the opportunities that you have. <laughs> How do you distinguish yourself in that and God's hand in your life? Yeah, um, I, I honestly do believe that, you know, God has given 
every one of us the same, you know, you know he, he gives us grace. Might not be the same level of grace, but it definitely gives us grace. And I think um, all of us need to know that when God created us, he created us with that potential of becoming the best that we can be. Um, and it is our responsibility to, to push ourselves so that we can walk into our destinies. If I look at my journey over the years, I can give you a very simple example. So when I was so poor that we had to sell um, scrap to actually get money for us to eat in the evenings as a family, I would go to school and I never knew what it was to have a breakfast in the morning and to have a lunch box when I go to school. Yeah. I didn't have that. Um, and then I went to university. By the grace of God, got into university. Actually, my marks were not good enough. After matric, then I did a post-matric program for a year. Then finally got into Stellenbosch University to do my first degree. Now, just to give you an example, now I'm on university. I've got a bursary. All those things are sorted out, but I don't have food to eat huh. uh, because the bursary is not enough to buy that. And then one day somebody comes to me and says to me, you know what, Gerald, we need somebody to go and sing a song um, to, re to represent the courses that I was living in. So I did that and I won, I won a, a voucher from Magan Bean. <laughs> um, and you know what the voucher was? The voucher was a meal for three days. And for me, that's a sign that God was with me wow. because it's almost like, you know, I've got you covered. And I ate for three days on that voucher. And after the three days, the bursary office called me and said that we've got a bursary for you. So now I could eat. So God got me covered for those three days. Isn't that amazing? Ah, oh, you see, you see. You, and then people think he does not live. He's not there. I mean, it's the three days that you yeah. needed. Exactly that. What you needed is what God provided. Um, but now if you're doing doctoral studies, it's time consuming to be in medicine, you know. So where do you have time to get your music done? It's a talent that you've got. But, you know, to really get into the music industry, that takes time as well. Yeah, it does. It does really take time. And I think I have um, I've taught myself over the years to to do quite a number of things uh, with my life and not just focus on medicine. I think if I had to only focus on research and science and medicine, then I would probably lose my mind. <laughs> uh, taught myself, I've taught myself how to sort of cope um, and, and sort of stretch myself in various ways and push myself really to the limits. I think that's the important thing to push myself because I want to get to that place where I say the day that I die, I don't want to go to the grave with unfulfilled dreams and, 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 and so forth. I really want to live my life to my fullest potential. And that is what is pushing me to really do all these other kinds of things. And I have to say, um, like my one lecturer said to me one day, Gerald, there is time. You just have to create, make space in your schedule for that. Mm. Because we, we always say, oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And my lecturer said, no, there is time. You just have to reschedule things um, and prioritize. And so, yeah, that's how I do it. So what is your dream for your music? My dream is definitely uh, for my music to touch the lives of people. I, I know what it is to be a person that um, you feel exhausted by the challenges of life. 
And you get to a point sometimes where it feels that it is the one wrong thing after the other, the one bad thing after the other. And you do reach a point where you sometimes say, you know, I wish God would just speak to me. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? You know, Lord, are you still there? And then I, I know what it is to be in that position and yearn for that voice. And I want my, my music to be that voice. I want my music to be that prophetic voice that speaks to people and that motivates them to become the best that they can be. And there is something special about music, isn't there? Somehow it's got more say than just a word spoken with a normal vocal cord. Definitely. I mean, music is so powerful. If we study the Bible, the Bible says that that there was a a demonic spirit that was taunting, um, you know, Saul, the king Saul. And the Bible says the moment David played on his harp, the demons would flee from him. So that's how powerful music is. Um, So I think we have to understand that music is really a powerful tool. Mm. Okay, your new song, The Best That You Can Be, it sounds that that's like a life message for you at the moment because of your book and because of the songs that you're writing at this moment that you really want to encourage people to step up. Definitely. Um, So so the the song speaks about, um, you know, portions of my life. Um, It only has two verses, but really powerful verses that speaks to the listener. And the idea is behind that is that when I was a young boy growing up on the Cape Flats, I was surrounded by many examples. So the people that I was surrounded with were people that, you know, you work at a factory, you work at a mall, you work, you know, you only, some people even told me, you know, you only, we, our people only become policemen and teachers and nurses. So we don't dream bigger than that. And I always had this dream of becoming a doctor. And I had these negative voices saying to me that you won't be able to do it. You will most probably fail in your second year at university. And the song speaks about that, how people speak negatively. Um, But the song reminds you that Jesus Christ is there. Um, He is the redeemer, the bright and the morning star. And he's able to mold you into the best that you can be. Okay, so we're going to listen to it quickly. We're going to listen to Gerald Marmon's song, The Best That You Can Be. And uh, right after the song, have your pen and paper ready because you're going to take down his contact details.